Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Silver 7's on a Thursday. Happy hour is here. 277 on the drinks. Once the Golden Knights game sees the puck drop against the Rangers and Revo and Turk, beers, Bud, Bud Light, Mick Ultra go down to 77 cents, 77 cent beers at Silver 7's for all Vegas Golden Knights games. So uh, get on down there and check out the game tonight, either at the uh, brand new Bud Light Lounge or at the Silver and Gold Bar right near the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Before we officially get into the Big Five, I should mention Vegas apparently is going to be a site for a future CFP title game. We did it! We did it, everybody! January 6th or January 20th of 2025, Las Vegas hosting the college football title game. Very good news, very good news. There you go. Ari seems to be celebrating really bad news coming up from one of his friends. Uh, He sent over a message a little while ago. He's got a friend from Pennsylvania. Must be near Philly because Ari's from Philly. Not uh, Planned a trip to Vegas for his birthday on the 10th. Planned that six months ago. He's got tickets to the Raiders and Chargers. Ari says he's awaiting details, but he's kind of hoping that the whole thing blows up so that he doesn't have to hang out with his friends because he's not very keen, Willie, on going to a tourist and party atmosphere places. So Ari Salty, I told you. The eternal lockdowner strikes again. Oh, you used one whole word from my my description, and that's keen. The rest of that is kind of inaccurate. Uh, I will... (laughs) I'll tell you what You're I'm really lying. Thinking. You are lying. No, no it's uh, it's actually a real bummer. But yes, I am going to say this might be for the best. And what happened? Why I said details to come because I didn't actually uh, have the whole story. So here we are. Uh, it's his wife was going to come out here for a business trip, and then they kind of just combined it with his birthday, which is on the tenth. And then sounds the- awesome. Yeah, God, I would it. love to go. I would love to go out with them and hang out with them. I agree. I agree. I haven't seen him uh, since the wedding, actually, in a couple years. But not, but not you. So. We're getting ready, texting. I'm like, hey, this will be fun. You know, we could do this. We could do that. What do you think? What's the schedule? And then this morning he texted me that the trip was canceled. What I didn't know when I put this in the rundown early, early, like 10 a.m., whatever, and a lot of time has passed by, apparently the company that his wife works for canceled the trip. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. I thought it was a flight situation. But either way, they canceled it because clearly there's, there's issues. Uh, it's last minute. The meeting was the 11th, I think. So, yeah. I, uh, so what do you think? What do you think, Willie? Ari's happy that his uh, his friend is not going to have a great birthday. Uh, his friend's going to be re- really sad, but Ari's happy. I'm happy he won't be potentially exposed to COVID. I'll give him that. It's probably, no, that's no, no, one no. good thing. No, you're not. What a nightmare! What you're, a terrible friend! What a terrible cause, friend! Because the main part of this is he's happy because he's not keen on going out to tourist party atmosphere places. Quote: It's probably for the best, though. I was not very keen. Where does it say I'm very happy? It actually says, but I can't believe he's going to miss it. So there's happiness for you. Well, I was carrying over because Steve said he's very happy. So watch your tone, first of all. <laughs> I'm sorry, Willie. <laughs> watch Se- your tone. <laughs> second of all, um, you ready for this one, Steve? Oh, boy. Yeah, drop the bomb. Let's go. 
I I I I understand where Ari's coming from because when friends come what? in, from out of t- I understand. Listen, when when friends come in from out of town and they say, "Hey, do you want to hang out?" I say, "I can grab lunch or dinner," but I'm not going to the club. I'm not going to a touristy attraction. You guys go enjoy Las Vegas. I've lived here since 1972. I've been to it. I've seen it. I've seen the growth. I've seen the construction. I've seen the build, everything. So I understand where he's coming from. So now, but that doesn't mean that. You know, you can't be involved with certain things. Like, if they want to walk up down the strip, hey, you know, call me afterwards. We'll meet for dinner. You should still be excited to see your friend and do festivities with them. But the touristy attraction stuff, eh, kind of side with Ari on this one. Can we be 100% on it? We're, we're, we're burying the lead here. By saying that, that if, means if, that you're not COVID, always honest. If co- No, if COVID wasn't here... Ari's mood would be exactly the same. Uh, it'd be Ari doesn't, uh, doesn't want to go to parties or, or these atmospheres in normal years. 100%. Yeah, those atmospheres, yes, correct. But the time, spending Ever. some time, I'm actually just like that willy nil that that is what I do, pandemic or not. It's like, yeah, I'll go grab food. You want to go here? I know this spot is cool. We can go here. I'm not going to the strip. And I dare we anyone. We all have an obligation to, to give people the full-blown Vegas experience, whether you've had it or not. Listen, you I got a text. Listen, if you listen. don't give your friends the best treatment possible, I got a text. Me- I got to spread the message that it's a boring city. It wasn't <laughs> that much fun. No, Ari makes it not much fun. You owe Las Vegas, and you owe the residents and the service workers of the city to wine and dine your friends <laughs> to the nth degree. So this Stop being so sour. It's nothing to do with my friendship, then. It's it's clearly just about the city and nothing else. Yes, we are all here to further the success of this city. I, yes. I appreciate your support of my friend and not me, Steve. Number four. You aren't done, Willie. Go. Oh. No, I was. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got so fired up, I threw up the wrong number for already going. I put the two instead of the four. But I nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> Look at that. I'm in control here. Number four. Uh, we also know there's no way Ari would step into the fortress tonight with Reeves, with Gallant back. There's no way. There's no way. But it is going to be packed, Willie, right? It is going to be a raucous atmosphere. And it does look atmosphere. like, is Mark Stone going to be back? I, I didn't go to morning skate. He's been skating. I've seen him in the press box. Talked to him a couple times. You run into the guys up there occasionally if you happen to run into him. Um I think that these guys want to come back. I mean, obviously, they all want to come back, but I think this is a week where they're really, if they can play, they really want to get on the ice because their competitiveness and and, and the camaraderie they built in the last few years and, and, you know, especially during the bubble season and um, with Reeves back and Gallant on on the bench and then, of course, Saturday with Marc-Andre Fleury's return. So, um, but I think this is going to be a fun atmosphere tonight. I know it's Pride Night, so they got some – Celebrations, uh, the VGK cast, follow some of them on, on social media. They've been posting about it. So a um, lot of things going on. It's Thursday, Friday, Junior. So, um, yeah, I think I, – I, and, and I think that may be an indicator. The indicator maybe from the other night when it was – there was it was a lighter crowd, upper bowl, and you saw the sparse, you know, seating in certain sections uh, in the lower bowl against Nashville that – some people, maybe if they're buying off the secondary market, they're waiting. This is the game. You know, they want to come to this game. They want to go to Saturday's game. I, I just, you know what? The last break, I got a text message from my mother saying, hey, do you know anyone that has tickets for Saturday against Chicago? 
uh, or is you know anyone that's selling tickets because my friend wants to buy them and the cheapest she can find is nine hundred dollars a ticket. My God, talk about ticket prices this weekend! Yikes! What an experience for fans, man! If you want to go, you are going to pay. Uh, Dave Sheen, Mark Stone activated from IR, and it looks like he'll play tonight against the Rangers. There you go. So there you go. Ma, you know, my mom's going Saturday. I, I, uh, that was her Christmas one of her Christmas gifts. I gave her two tickets to the. Well, you you talked about this during the off season, right? These are the tickets you absolutely. Oh, that's had right. To have. Remember, we got in the pool. We got. I get in I the. I, get, I, I, I had, Yes. See. Good. Good memory. That's why. I listen. The, that's why your Sometimes. name's on the show. Um, yeah. So that was her Christmas gift. Number three. Dude can't put his phone down. Can't put his phone down. Antonio Brown. All right, where are you on Antonio Brown? Because here the latest updates are, one, he's been axed. Hey, Ari, get us the uh, Bruce Arians description of what the hell happened, mm-hmm. right? So here's Arians talking about what happened, what they've done with Antonio Brown. Arians won. Obviously, we let Antonio go today just to clear you up on some things that happened. At no point in time during that game, he asked a trainer or a doctor about his ankle. He never went through. That's the normal protocol. You go through protocols during games. I was never notified of it. That was a, the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. All right. So there was no heads up about his ankle being jacked up. By the way, before we play uh, another Arians bite here, uh, I'm not saying what Antonio Brown was doing as he was running off the field is the same as making cuts and playing football, but he certainly didn't look like he was hobbling walking off the field. Keep going, Bruce. He was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. I then went back, approached him about what was going on. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. And that's the, that's the, that's the end of it. So since so then, we've seen Antonio saying. Brown say that he's got fragments uh, in his ankle, bone fragments. Uh, there is a tendon torn from the bone. That's what an MRI showed. All right, let's see the MRI. Um, we also find out that just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Antonio Brown was asking for all of his incentives to be guaranteed. The organization's like, no. Uh, today, like I just said, he can't put his freaking phone down. Now he's going at Brady indirectly by looping in something about Dr. Guerrero, Alex Guerrero, who he's worked with. Because Guerrero claims Antonio Brown owns him, uh, owes him a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Looky here, that seems like a a common theme. So, as much as we all want to believe that the Bucks are evil and Bruce Arians is just a a jerk who is going to make this guy play on his injured ankle, come on, man. In the end, we know what the truth is. Antonio Brown can't keep it together. He loses his ass all the time, and he's blown it again. I think Antonio Brown. Um... I think he just. I think he needs some help, physically, emotionally, mentally. I mean, if if the MRI is right, if what he says is right, if that's what's wrong, then he needs to get his ankle fixed, and then he needs to get some self evaluation and get some self care and 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 really do some some soul searching and, and get some counseling in some way, shape, or form. And as I said before, the team that decides to bring him aboard can't just do a meeting, just can't do an interview and say, okay, well. You know, you understand that, 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 that whatever you have to sit down and embrace everything that's coming with that package 
Um, and I compared it earlier this week when we spoke about this with how the Islanders did with Robin Leonard, who, you know, not only has bipolar, but he, he was, you know, an, an addict and, and in recovery. And the Islanders supported him and helped him through it. Team can't just sign somebody and hope that they're creating a good environment for him, you know, um, that he'll change himself. You have to, you know, you're employing that person. So it's got to work both ways. And, and I'm not siding with Antonio Brown in this situation because, you know, if he was told to, if Arian just said, he told him, get the F out of here, and that's how he chose to leave. I mean, you know, I don't know. You're, you're a professional football coach. You can tell him to leave. I mean, what do you expect the guy to do considering who you're dealing with? But then you leave the way that you do. So um, I, I think that this guy seriously needs some help. If he's going to step back on a football field, though, the organization needs to embrace him and help him. Yeah. If uh, if I'm Arians, my response to that is it's the middle of a game. I'm trying to make a comeback here, trying to you know make sure that we're in good shape in terms of the playoff seedings. I don't have time to deal with this baby while he's flipping out uh, and coming up with some random thing that all of a sudden he can't play. So I, I, it's like I don't – and that, now that's it. That's what they signed up for. So in the end, all this, he needs help. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, – I think the one place he was getting help is to be in structure in the world of football, and now he's just blown that, and, you know, no one's going to pick him. I think by tomorrow someone can pick him up, and they have nobody's to be responsible for his – Nobody's picking yeah, him up. Yeah, nobody's going to pick him up. But 4 o'clock tomorrow, Eastern time, he could be picked up. They'd be responsible for, like, I think $60,000 his final week of salary, and uh, it, it ain't going to happen. It's just at, at this point, I mean, if you can't play for Arians, you can't play for Mike Tomlin, you can't play for freaking Bill Belichick, get out of here. Number two. Woo! Darren Waller could be back this week. Willie writes over, though, on our uh, show notes, do they need him? Do they need him? What? Well, aren't they on a a three-game win streak? Yes. Let me change the phrase. Have they been winning by four touchdowns? Let me again? change the They're phrase. Winning by the freaking. Uh, Let me whatever. change the phrase. Can, can they use him? Absolutely. Do they need him? Yes. If if it if it's some if it comes down to where okay, he can play, but it's going to be painful, further damage. But he's clear. We can clear him or take a shot. I don't know because they've they've they found a way to win three straight times. And they put themselves in a position. They went on the road and won twice in Cleveland and Indianapolis. So my point of saying that was there's a big difference between need and use. Can they use him? Absolutely they can use him. They bring him in and they put and they put packages together with Darren Waller, even if it's on a limited basis. He's going to draw two-on-ones. He's going to draw an extra defender, and that's going to yeah. leave Renfro and, and right. Jay Jones open. They need but him. They need him. They can use him. No, they, what are we doing here? They can, <laughs> we're parsing words. They need him. They can use they've, him. They've, they've won these last three games, but I mean, let's not. Hey, wins a win. That that ain't the way it works here. Oh, wins, wins a win, win baby. Win. They're overcoming turnover margin. They what did Al Davis say? Even, Just even win, he, baby. Even if he is a decoy, as you just said. Okay. That he is. He he. Then is they can use him. Yes, they need him. <laughs> Number one. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. All right, Willie, so what's changed? Because uh, we know there's some obvious things that have changed since the first time the Raiders and the Chargers played way back when. 
is the change of leadership actually something that has turned out to be good for the Raiders? Um, I think that they've learned to adapt, and I think the change of leadership in terms of I think that they're depending upon them themselves, and I think that the veterans that were brought in, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, because I think that that Derek Carr has shouldered the burden so long as the leader of this team in eight years and been the captain and, and, and somewhat tried to direct traffic on both sides of the ball in that locker room at that practice facility. And so when you bring veterans in like K.J. Wright, like Denzel Perryman, like Yannick Ngakwe, like a guy like Gus Bradley, to join the staff um, – and, and, and you remove a polarizing figure like John Gruden and, and they all have to sort of work together and learn, I think that's what we're seeing here down the stretch. I think that they, in some way, shape, or form, we've heard it time and time again throughout this season over every adversity, team meetings and, 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 and you know, the, the locker room. We've heard how much that they've sort of just the, – the, how many times have I said, or as Adam said, whoever, this – the word brotherhood, that they've used that throughout. So I think the change in leadership, not only at the top, but throughout the locker room has really helped. And I think what these guys have learned is how to lean on one another and get the job done in any certain way. You look at the game against Dallas, a high-scoring affair, they won with the last play of the game. You look at a game like Cleveland, Indianapolis, these low-scoring, grinded-out games, uh... Yeah, I think that they're they're just learning how to lean on one another aside from be, without a very dominating, domineering uh, coach. Basaccia is is a bit more of a soft-spoken guy with a gruff sort of background and, and, and a back east, right? New York kind of, you know, attitude. But he's he's he he's allowing his coordinators to right through to the end. And, you know. We clowned Mark Davis how many weeks ago when he said, no, nope, I'm not talking about a coaching search because right now we're on a playoff run. And we are back then. Remember, it was so funny. We're laughing. <laughs> Guess what? They win and they're in. Yeah, I don't think I was on that day. Okay. but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the What do you mean we search. clowned? What are you talking about? We were clowning the fact that if that, that was, was true. Oh, okay. Because I swear we were at Twin Peaks you know talking Anytime about go up, after Jim Harbaugh. Anytime we got to correct something, just blame it on Candy, right? He'll be back at some point to defend himself. Um, <laughs> I love this angle. I love this angle. Learning how to win. Is that the one distinct advantage that the Raiders have in this game, that they seem to have turned the corner and they've learned how to win? Because I'll tell you, listening to Austin Eckler, I saw an interview uh, earlier today on ESPN, and he was talking about, hey, we're, we're this close. You know, we've been this close for a while. He didn't exactly sound confident to me. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. When you step between those white lines, you are basically telling people, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm ready to play. And this whole notion of, you know, the team engaging this injection, like, you knew what you were doing when you get this injection. Like... Try to make it seem like the team made you get this and all that type of stuff. Like, you knew. 
Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Damian Woody, ESPN, has no time for AB's foolishness. And I'm guessing no one else will take up the offer of uh, AB to join some other team uh, tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern, we find out if he... <laughs> if he if he gets through uh, waivers, so he'll he'll get through, and then he's not going to play the rest of the year. So, to sort this out, going to be messy between the Buccaneers and AB and and his claims, which I think are probably false uh, in terms of the injury. So, another off season where we'll get uh, you know little droplets of a dopey story with Antonio Brown. Uh, getting back a, to the whole learning how to win. Go ahead, Willie. I was going to say before when you went off, you. you when you finished before about Antonio and you went through your list of coaches, you said, if you can't play for Bruce Arians, if you can't play for Mike Tallman, you left John Gruden off that too. Can't I did, play for intentionally. John Gruden. Oh, okay. Right. Well, because the whole point was Antonio Brown needs to be in an environment where he's managed well. I'm not sure that John Gruden was, you know, a big coddling, managing type dude. So You think Mike Tomlin coddles? Come on now. Uh, no, I think Mike Tomlin is respected enough that for the longest time until the very end when he started to come unraveled that Tomlin has the respect of players like don't F around with him. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know what that said? He, both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown kind of lost it at the end. So only, you know, uh, you know, Tomlin can only control both of the guys for so long. John Gruden, I think uh, we now know, is not the, uh, the, the master of discipline. So that probably wasn't the right mix. Um, and I mean, and, and I'm not blaming the Raiders. Antonio Brown was a complete clown By with the, the helmet. He yeah, you know, he'd, he'd want to wear the new helmet, and you know, he fried his feet with whatever he was doing. It's just, it was so that Cry. thing was so stupid. Uh, on the way back, let's check in with Adam Hill. Uh, Adam, I think, is covering the VGK game tonight. We know that he's been covering the Raiders as we get to set up for a gigantic Sunday with the Chargers and the Raiders. Everything's on the line for that playoff spot. Daily happy hour starts at three with beers, well drinks, and margaritas, just two seventy-seven. Jacobs will be the running back. He has been lethal throughout his young career down inside the five-yard line. Going to get a chance. Stance right. Jackpot, baby! Touchdown Raiders on their opening drive. A wake-up call for the Indianapolis Colts as the Raiders strike first. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Brent, with the Jacobs touchdown call, listen, some of us believed, others didn't, that the Raiders could close out the season on a four-game win streak. We'll see if they can finish it off here. Very clutch play. Very clutch play down the stretch by Daniel Carlson. Also, Derek Carr. Adam Hill, one of the non-believers, is on the horn with us as he gets ready to cover the Golden Knights tonight. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I am good. I would still make the claim that they're not a great team, but they're finding ways to win and have been the bitter some massive breaks on the field the last few weeks. Well, I agree that they're not a great team. Uh, the turnover margin thing is unbelievable that they've overcome that. Um, what was the number that uh, Dubow had the other day about, uh, you know, three wins in a row with a minus two turnover margin or worse? Yeah. That hasn't happened since 1964. That's, that's crazy. Um, that said, they have put themselves in this position, and I use the word clutch 
and I know that drives you nuts. Sure. Willie wanted to throw out there, and Willie actually is uh, he's off to the uh, the fortress to cover the game tonight. Um, he wanted to ask the question, does Carr have the clutch gene? Oh, my God. Willie. Well, don't go crazy. He's not there to defend himself. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it is it is a word that is used all the time, and I know it drives you nuts. Um, there is something – well, I think you've explained this before, but there is something to having 29 comeback victories on your ledger. Well, it's game-winning drives, right? That's not comeback victories. That's a totally Good different point. thing. Game-winning drives. So we're talking end of the game, game-winning drives. No, we're not talking end of the game either. I mean, it could happen early in the fourth quarter. Um, it's you know, if you're in a game that you're not scoring very many points and it's a 13-10 game, and you have a drive, yeah, that's a game-winning drive. If it's a tie game, it's a game-winning drive. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the last-minute drive. It's not, you know, it's not a stat of getting the ball you know, trailing in the last three minutes. It's not that sort of thing. It could be at any time, um, you know, really in the second half. So uh, it's, you know, you have to be clear about what that means. Um, played a lot of games, played a lot of games where you won the game, but you didn't necessarily, you know, take care of it early on. Uh, that's that's kind of what that stat means. Now, that sounds like I'm denigrating it. No, it's it's impressive. It's also, it's, it's longevity. It means that you stayed with the team for a long time and you've won games uh, with that team uh, for sure. But I don't think people kind of get misrepresented of what that actually means. And then, you know, on the other side, like Daniel Carlson making a 33-yard field goal is not clutch. It's Daniel Carlson just makes field goals from 33 yards. Like, that's what he does. And there's no extra pressure. Nothing is dialed up in the final minutes. No, I mean, you, you look at the operation of the field goal, I think is very important. And, um, all of those things, for sure. Uh, and that has to happen. And, and, yeah, we've got to a point where we just expect Daniel Carlson to make field goals when he goes out on the field. And um, it doesn't really matter if it's early or late or when, but uh, he seems to make them. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, I, I, my problem with clutch, and it's just it's a problem with clutch in general. It's not a real thing. Um, but, and I've said it many, many times before. Like, you don't – nobody knows what that means. And people tell me Kobe all the time, and, you know, not to – Denigrate Kobe because what he is, but I, I go back and cite the stat all the time that you know in the last in the last thirty seconds of games that are that are within two points, he's like a thirty-two percent shooter. And people tell me all the time he's the ultimate in clutch. Well, what what does that mean? If he's if he's shooting that that percentage at that point of the game, that that's clutch. I don't know what that I don't know what that means. Nobody can tell me what that means except for it just feels like a big moment. Well, I, I don't do feels like. Well, how about this? Is there is there something to a culture of winning and some players and clubs have it in close games and it feels like others don't have it? Or is this all random and coin flip? I mean, I think for the most part, if you look historically at numbers, it's pretty random. Uh, when you see teams uh, in their record in very close games, it tends to be random. And this year, the Raiders' uh, one-score games are 6-2. and two. Um, That like I said, that tends to be a very high variant stat that would kind of change if you stretch it out over a long period of time. If a season was 100 games, you would expect that that would kind of go the other way, uh, that that would flip. Um, but seasons aren't 100 games. Seasons are 16 and now 17 games. And so you can get seasons where you tend to have a lot of victories in close games. And a lot of people would say, well, that's that's random. I would kind of be on that side. Uh, other people would say, well, you're kind of insinuating of, Hey, look! You just figure out how to win close games, and I, I guess there there could be a point to that. Uh, I'm just one that thinks it's it's mostly random, and it could go either way at the end of a game. And you know, you change two or three plays here and there, 
uh, it's a totally different season. If Lamar Jackson doesn't drop the ball, if they don't call a pass interference, like seven pass interferences against Dallas, um, that record is is completely different. And then, then what are we saying about them? So uh, I do tend to think it's fairly random, and I also tend to think in close games, it's one or two fluky plays that goes differently, and it's a different result. And that doesn't change how they are as a team. They'd still be the team that they are. They just have a different record. Adam Hill, part of the company, Las Vegas Review Journal. Is Darren Waller going to play this weekend? Yes. Now, on what level? I'm not sure. Um, I believe he'll be on the field. I believe he'll play. I don't know that he'll have a full complement of snaps. I don't think he's going to be out there in every situation. I think they'll they'll probably try to target him and use him uh, in areas where they need him. Um, you know, if it's a you know, third down, big third down play, if it's a, a key drive, that sort of thing, maybe you put him out on the field. Uh, I, I can't imagine that he's able to play like, you know, 90, 95% of the snaps on Sunday. That would be pretty remarkable. Somebody who hasn't really been on the field at all, but they were kind of interested to see how he reacted today to getting out of the practice field yesterday. How would he wake up on Thursday morning? And it sounds like it was okay because he got in another limited session today. So he's progressing the way they wanted him to. They wanted limited sessions the first two days of the week, maybe even limited session tomorrow uh, to get ready for Sunday's game. I think he'll be out there. And I think uh, almost as importantly, the Chargers have to be preparing for what the Raiders look like with and without Darren Waller. That's an extra wrinkle that you have to get ready for. Uh, I think that's a big part of of him coming back as well. But I, I also think he'll contribute on the field. Uh, we'll just have to see how much that can be. Is it going to be obvious when he's on the field what they're running? Will he be out there for running plays? Yeah, I mean, that's something to, to be concerned about. I think that they're smart enough to know, uh, especially early in the game, you got to put him out there on, on occasion, even if you're not going to go to him, even if you're not going to pass. Uh, I think it would be really, really um, kind of foolish to just say, all right, passing down, put him out there. Unless, unless hey, if, if he's very, very limited, uh, which I, I don't know, uh, but if he was like, hey, I can give you like 10 snaps, then maybe it's, you know, put him out there in the third lungs when everybody knows you're, you're throwing it and it won't really be a tip-off to what you're going to do. Uh, that's possible, but I don't think he's going to be that limited. I think you're going to have to throw him out there a couple times when you're running it uh, just to kind of disguise what you want to do because I think, I think you're um, – your point there would be that you can't just throw him out there when you're going to throw it to him or when you're going to throw the ball because then everybody knows what you're doing. Right. And they have to run the ball. I mean, they ran for 48 yards in the first meeting. Now, part of that was because they fell behind in the first half. Yeah. They were down 21 nothing. You know, they make the run in the second half. But the, the other reason they have to run the ball is that that's where the Chargers are weak, and you certainly have to somehow prevent Joey Bosa from pinning his ears back and going like a freaking maniac at Carr on every play. They have to run the ball. It's a strange matchup in that way, right? That you know the, the Raiders haven't been the most dominant running team, and, and the offensive line has been a big reason why. But the obvious way to attack the Chargers is through the run. Uh, so it's do you go against what you like to do and, and just kind of play to what the opponent's weakness is, or um, or how do you kind of manage that? So I do think they're going to try to run it. I think they'll try to get the run game going, and I think a bigger reason to get the run game going for them because I'm not really a believer in you know running the ball and stopping the run in 1980s football. Uh, but I think a bigger reason to do that um, is just to get the offensive line in a comfort zone. That's what they did a couple weeks ago against Denver. Uh, they weren't, you know, the offensive line wasn't playing well, and I think the offensive line kind of said, "Hey, let's just run the ball. Like we can do that. We can fire off the line of scrimmage and hit somebody." And they kind of got in a rhythm that way, and that helped out their pass blocking as well. Uh, so I think just from that perspective alone, 
to give your offensive line a little bit of confidence in the game. Maybe you try to run the ball, and I think you could do that a little bit against the Chargers, and uh, that would help a lot of the areas of the team open up the play action, open up the, the downfield throws a little bit as well. So I do expect the Raiders to try to run the ball early. What's the message been this week from some of the former Chargers who, you know, they're already motivated to make the playoffs, but guys like Denzel Perriman who was given up on, Casey Hayward, same case. So I, you know, I wonder what they're thinking and saying about this Chargers matchup. Casey Hayward, uh, he's on the Raiders team. I, I don't remember him speaking this entire year, so I'm going to have to take your word for it. Uh, he doesn't enjoy necessarily speaking with the media, and because of closed <laughs> locker rooms, he doesn't really have to. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal. Uh, he's been great, and, and, and you mentioned a couple of names there that are uh, fantastic defensive players uh, that have really, really stood up and, and kind of helped Gus Bradley institute that defense. Because from Gus Bradley, uh, it's also – uh, kind of a, you know, not revenge, I don't think that's the right word, but, you know, going up against his old team, which adds a little bit more spice to a, a game that already has a, a massive amount of implications here. Uh, I think that they're going to all try to play it the same way uh, that Derek Carr and the offense is of, hey, we know what was said, we know the words that are said, we know that it's personal on some level, but it's not, it's just a game. It's not even not even the game everybody wants to make it. It's just a regular season football game. But everybody acknowledges the stakes here and the fact that it's a rivalry and the fact that a lot of the guys on the Raiders' sideline uh, used to play for the Chargers. Everybody gets that, but nobody wants to talk about it, make a big deal about it. Uh, we've seen that kind of developing. I, I specifically uh, asked Gus Bradley today. It was, that was part of a, a bigger question uh, where I said, you know, how much of uh, – how, how big is this game for you as coaches? You know, we know what it means to the players. Uh, but for coaches to have one, you know, one opportunity, win or go home, uh, kind of a playoff type atmosphere. Like, is this what you live for? And does it make it even more special that it's against your old team? And he just answered the first part of the question and kind of ignored the second part of the question. And I think that's kind of how people are looking at this. It's hey, it's about the game. It's not about personal vendettas or anything like that. He's been dubbed the hilarious co-host of Cofield and Company, and he is from Las Vegas. He he is Adam Hill. I think I feel like that is new. On the bio, I check your bio every once in a while, and in case there's a uh, language violation, I think I found one there. Um, no, speaking that's, of language, that's a very old. That's a very old claim. Well, then, guess what? I never check your as you, you just <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, I'll give you a language violation. Joey Bosa, in any way, walking back his comments after the last game. Joey, what are you doing on Derek well, Carr? If you, if you if you said he folds, and you know, you, whatever you said, you can break him. Then stick by your words. The like, for, if I were Derek Carr, I'd be like, I don't care now, man. I don't like you. You can't walk it back. I know what you think, and I'm going to get you, buddy. Well, I think. I mean, I think you read it differently than I did because I, I wrote it that he doubled down on his comments because he said, you know, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I like him. He's a great player, it, but he does fold. Yeah. The middle of it, I did think he doubled down, but there was so much fluff around it that sure. it, it, it looked like he, he was kind of apologizing for it. Like, just stick by what you said. Well, if you remember what I what my <laughs> thoughts were on Joey Bosa's comments yep. the first time was that I don't know that Joey Bosa is smart enough to know what he's saying. So yeah. I, like, I, I don't know that he's yeah. doubling down or backing off or what he's doing. He just says stuff. Yep. Mongo Ogre of the NFL. <laughs> yes. Go get quarterback. He's scared. Fold, fold break in half. Okay. <laughs> that said, if he is motivated and COVID doesn't take him out of another game, He's freaking really good because he he was really good last week uh, against the Broncos. Like he, he, if people don't watch Charger football, he is far from a guy who only pins his ears back. He is in yeah. a lot of plays. Yeah, he. I mean, he he breaks 
he breaks offensive lines just cut in the same way that uh, Max Crosby does, and he, you know, he just wrecks he wrecks what you want to do. Um, I think we we've, we've seen a lot of that out of both over the years. So, um, it you know they need to be aware of where he is. They need to be able to uh, make sure that he's not getting in a groove. He's not able to to do stuff that he can talk about. Um, the best way to keep him from saying anything after the game is to make sure that he loses, that nobody cares what he has to say. Uh, you're covering the Golden Knights game tonight. Adam Hill is with us, and he'll be on uh, the full show tomorrow on Cofield & Company, so we'll get into a lot of this stuff more in depth on Friday's show. How how big a game is this for the Golden Knights? Do you, do you think the players – I mean, again, we talk about fired up and revenge, and this isn't like a revenge spot because, you know, the the management is the, you know, the ones who fired yeah. Glant and got rid of Reeves, so maybe the, the motivation's on the other side. I I wonder how much VGK cares to kind of, you know, stuff it down Reeves and Glant's throat as they come back into town here. I, mean, I don't think any. I I, I think uh, it's been dubbed Revenge Week. I think it's more Homecoming Week um, is what it is. I think everybody's excited to go, you know, see Glant and see Reeves and uh, kind of catch up. And Reeves has kind of tried to do what he can to make this nasty a little bit without – he's not – He's not trying to make it nasty. He's just trying to remind people, like, yeah, I'm not. I'm on a different team now. Uh, so if you guys want to cheer me, I'm going to rip somebody's head off. So you have to boo me. Um, he's kind of he's kind of playing up, you know, his character a little bit there. Uh, but I think everybody's just kind of excited to see those guys out here again. Um, just like on Saturday with Flurry, like all this happening in the same week is is kind of nuts uh, that this is going on. But I I don't think there's any. First of all, like half the Golden Knights team is missing anyway, so it's a bunch of minor leaguers that have never really played with Reeves. Uh, but you know, on, on a more serious note, I think it's just more. Hey, that's our guy. We all you know went through the battles together. He's a guy that kind of protected us on the ice. Like it's cool to see him again. And Gallant, same thing. I mean, Gallant had a a special bond with that first team and took them all the way to the finals. And we'll go down in history there. I don't think there's any animosity between the players and him. I think the the DeBoer. Gallant storyline is fun, although they've they've both said that they've kind of talked and buried that hatchet. So I, I don't think there's any kind of motivation. I think anytime you go back against your friends, even if you're best friends, you're probably going to want to beat them, and that that's kind of special. But um, I don't see any kind of like nastiness or you know must win type attitude going up against them. And we think Stone is back tonight. Well, potentially, yeah. I mean, it looks looks that way. Um, he was he was we, he was close. We thought. Uh, the other day, so um, I don't think it's not going to be long term either way. Uh, but they do need him back on the ice, so it, it would make some sense to get him back out there. A lot of good quotes this week. Uh, maybe my favorite was uh, Ritz Basaccia talking about math. Oh, yeah, well, it was his way. I think it's his way of avoiding the question, right? Um, because clearly he knows, right? Like it's not there's not a complex mathematical formula that would you know, lead to this scenario. But the scenario is, if the Jaguars beat beat the Colts, which is not likely, but certainly possible, then the, the Chargers and Raiders could make a deal and just say, we're just going to down the ball back and forth and take the tie, uh, which has happened in soccer in the past. It's why soccer uh, changed a lot of the rules in um, major tournaments. They play at the same exact time, so you don't know the results of the other games uh, to avoid that thing happening, because... In the end, like as as annoying as people would think this is, and as much as people don't want to hear it, like it should be discussed. It should be a potential situation that you talk about. Why would you take the field, and knowing that there's a chance you could be you could miss the playoffs when the playoffs are the entire goal for the whole season, when you could do something about that and guarantee that you get in? 
Like, it doesn't make any sense to me to not discuss it or not think it's a possibility. Um, I don't get it. I don't. I mean, I get why everybody's saying, like, no, we would never do that. It would never happen. But why? Somebody needs to explain that. Because I, I think it's silly to take a chance of getting knocked out of the playoffs if you have a chance to make it. Now, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Colts are going to win, and somebody's going to have to win that game on Sunday night to get in. Uh, but, yeah, Rich Versace, uh, he responded and said, you guys, and you have all this time to figure out these scenarios. And, like, no, there's literally one scenario. It's very easy <laughs> mathematical formula. But I yeah. think that was just his way of not addressing it because you really do sound silly if you say, why would we do something like that? And then you lose. Like, you right. then sound silly for not thinking about tying. Yes, it's your job to know all the scenarios. I, <laughs> it's not my job. You're right, yeah. I have some time, but it, you you better make some time. Yeah, you should know. You're, you're coaching a team that's trying to get in the playoffs. Why wouldn't you know that? Adam, appreciate it. I will see you tomorrow. Sounds good. There he is. At Adam Hill, LVRJ, up on Twitter. Writes for the paper. He'll be covering the game tonight, so follow him during the uh, Knights and Rangers game, which, by the way, uh, coverage has already begun over on uh, Fox Sports 1340, our sister station, 98.9 FM, as the game's coming up against the Rangers and Reeves and Gallant back in town in just a little bit. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hamilton, cross-court pass to McCabe in the left corner. McCabe baseline. McCabe gets the ball underneath to Williams. Williams puts it up and in, and a foul. Good aggressive play by Donovan. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Kevin Kruger radio show coming up right here on ESPN Las Vegas in just a couple minutes. Live from Bailiwick inside the Orleans. An hour of running Rebel Talk with John Sandler and Curtis Terry. You hear the Donovan Williams highlight on the way back there. I'll give you a uh, an important note for a future game for the Rebels whenever that future restarts because right now the Rebel program is shut down like many of the programs around college football. Check that college basketball and uh, especially in the Mountain West Conference. Get in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I'll mention it again. Big news today for Las Vegas. Big news for college football. The, uh, the final frontier has been broached and all the nonsense that we've had to deal with over the years of being some evil place, uh, college football, and I'm not even going to say the NCAA, college football in general, because I think it's run by the conference has now decided that uh, 2025, January 2025, we are getting the college football title game. It'll be on uh, either January 6th or January 20th, 2025, right here at the Owl. Uh, why the dates with the, uh, the big gap there? That's in case the college football world decides to expand it's playoff system. Back into the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So, important note, Mountain West Conference had to shift around some games this weekend. San Diego State is going to be playing Colorado State in basketball. That's going to be in San Diego. Uh, news just a couple days ago, SDSU will require proof of booster shot or a negative test within 24 hours to attend basketball games starting on January 18th. January 18th uh, happens to be, January 18th happens to be when UNLV is in town. It'll be interesting to see how Aztecs fans respond. If you see some of the uh, same effect of the uh, the Vax mandate that's happened at the Thomas and Mac, 
Also, keep in mind that negative tests within 24 hours, anyone who's tried to get a test this week, ain't that easy to get a test within 24 hours. Good luck on that one. Kruger Show on the way.